And although I did all of my homework, I relied on some other third-party information that was provided to me that wasn't as accurate as it should have been, and ultimately the deal didn't work out at all. Are you ready for the best real estate investing advice ever? Join Joe Fairless and today's best ever guests as they share it with you. It's the best ever advice with none of the fluff. Let's go. Heard of crowdfunding and still curious about how you can benefit from it? Well, we've got a step-by-step guide put together just for you by the best ever team and patch of land, the industry's leading crowdfunding experts. The best crowdfunding crash course ever, episodes 152, 159, 166, and 173 will provide you all you need to know to get started and begin benefiting immediately. Whether it's getting access to funds for your project or passively investing in other people's deals. The time is now to get started with Patch of Land. Go to patchofland.com forward slash best ever to grab your copy of the top 10 answers to the top 10 crowdfunding questions. That's P-A-T-C-H-O-F-L-A-N-D.com forward slash best ever. Hi, best ever listeners. Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless, and I'm here with today's guest, Stephen Bettinger. Hi, Stephen. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing well. Stephen's joining us. Well, he's joining us from Michigan, but he's based in Boca Raton, Florida. He is the CEO and co-founder of Acquire Real Estate, which is an online crowdfunding platform. He has been uh, named top 40 under 40 business professionals in South Florida, and non-real estate related, but certainly interesting and quite an accomplishment. He's a two-time national champion lacrosse player whenever he was at Syracuse University. So he's kind of all over. You're like doing the the triangle from uh, New York to Florida to Michigan. So with that being said, Stephen, can you give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now? Sure. Sure. Thank you. Uh, I've been an entrepreneur for about 22 years, starting my first business at Syracuse. I've been in several different industries from consumer products to technology, finance, and real estate. And my passion has certainly been in real estate in the past 10 plus years of my life. I've been in several different aspects of real estate, and I certainly see this as my future going forward for the rest of my career. So let's talk about all the different entrepreneurial experiences and why you picked real estate. Why real estate in particular? Well, I I found that real estate, besides being an interesting industry to be in, uh, there's several different layers of of real estate that are interesting to me from a finance perspective, from a capital raising perspective. And my most recent company that I've launched, Acquire Real Estate, has basically leveraged the opportunity for crowd investing, which, which is basically crowdfunding. We like to call it crowd investing and giving the opportunities to provide access to other investors that never would have been able to have access before to certain kinds of deals that we find attractive to ourselves and our customers. All right, let's talk about Acquire Real Estate a little bit and kind of understand the business model. What type of deals are you looking for? Because I know um, the show's sponsor, Patch of Land, is only debt-based, whereas Realty Mogul and others are can be equity-based. So what's your model? Sure, we offer debt and equity, but mostly equity. And we try to focus on institutional, you know, higher quality deals that are more uh, size, have typically... Uh, I think our average deal is about $25 million right now in, in, a, in a minimum value. So uh, we try to focus on the higher-end uh, properties that are more institutionally invested 
and and take pieces of those deals from what we're our group is a real estate funding company ourselves and we invest in every one of our deals and then and only then after we find a deal that we find interesting to us and and viable for our investment um, we then offer that out to our crowd so it's a little unique to the marketplace there are a few other players that have a similar model but generally speaking we're looking for deals for our own investment and then again of course allowing others to participate so it's a little unique What's the speed to market to funding a deal whenever somebody initially approaches you? Well, we don't really accept. We, we get a lot of opportunities for people calling us saying, hey, will you fund a project for us? Will you invest in this asset? Or uh, We're more of an outbound group. We have uh, significant relationships with different sponsors around the United States in many different asset classes and regions. So we take the approach of going out to our sponsor, partners, friends, et cetera, and saying, hey, you know, let us see this next deal that you have coming up. Can we have a piece of it? So it's more of an outbound effort. Um, and then once we establish, you know, uh, it will have an existing relationship. But once we establish an investing flow, we typically, or our goal really is to do a number of different deals per year with a limited amount of sponsors. So we kind of keep that uh, threshold of, of sponsor relationships to a minimum with providing a multiple opportunity for people to diversify both from asset class and region amongst these sponsors, but we're not a listing service by any means. So we're really an outbound investing process. So it sounds like based on your experience, you've got the the connections and the relationships with the sponsors who are bringing the deals to you. So I imagine a lot of your team's focus is on building your network of investors. How's that going? And what are some ways that you found effective for attracting accredited investors? Yeah, that, that's probably our biggest challenge. I, I, I assume others have a similar challenge. We we feel extremely confident from the real estate side of our business. We really have two customers. We have our our sponsors that we make investments with. And then, of course, we have our crowded investors, our accredited investor pool. So that is certainly, you know, it's a new industry, so there's a lot of education uh, involved up front. There's a lot of pioneering efforts that um, us and our competitors are undergoing um, to just basically educate the environment and the community that these investments are available. And then, of course, we believe by providing the highest quality of real estate and and safest returns um, is the best opportunity for growth. So it's a very slow growth model. Uh, We've tried a number of different marketing efforts that have been successful a lot of public relations has drawn a lot of interest to our company. We've recently launched a seminar campaign project that has attracted investors to a particular area where they get to see us and meet with our, our, our management team and kind of understand our investing philosophies and our strategies and our experience. And then we believe that once investors are invested and, and, and the real estate is typically performing as planned, uh, they're likely to refer us around to their friends, colleagues, et cetera. So, you know, a lot of organic growth is planned for our company, um, providing, you know, we think our technology is terrific and our, our team is, is, is terrific. But at the end of the day, providing high quality real estate investments will, will generally be our biggest um, opportunity to grow our business from an investor perspective. So providing good product is really, at the end of the day, the most important thing here. Elon Musk would completely agree with you. Have you invested in real estate yourself? Yes, I've been a real estate investor for, for many years. I, I managed a an asset-backed hedge fund that was primarily focused in commercial real estate. Um, that was more on the debt side, but from there we had opportunities to make equity investments, own properties. Um, I've also uh, purchased charged-off mortgages, which we can talk about. But I've been a real estate investor both from a residential and commercial perspective for, for many years, 
and I've aligned myself not that dissimilar to what Acquire is doing today. I've made investments with uh, real estate sponsors that I trust, that I know have had a great experience, have a great returns for their investors, um, and they've had hopefully repetitive uh, fundamental values that they can apply going forward. So I try to make my investments with groups that have navigated, you know, downtimes, as we all know, in any marketplace, you know, there's ups and downs in any market. And I try to invest with groups that have been, you know, in, gone through the credit crisis and real estate crashes over the, you know, the past number of years and have navigated their ways out of that in a successful manner. And to me, when you make investments with a, a group that has, has been through those times, and survive those times, those, those are the kind of people that you want to be associated with. Um, you know, there's nothing to say that new groups of real estate companies coming out today aren't, aren't smart and intelligent, will likely be successful, but I like to make my bets on history, and that typically works out for me and hopefully my crowd investors. What the heck is a charged-off mortgage? Well, a charged-off mortgage is basically when uh, a mortgage has gone bad and the bank has basically given up and charged off the taken a loss on that asset, and now they're just looking to sell that, that mortgage that's non-performing uh, to another investor that can either either re- rejuvenate or you know revive that, that asset or foreclose or do something with that, basically that mortgage instrument that the bank was, wasn't able to do. So there was a lot of opportunity in that, you know, after the, you know, 2008-9, you know, scenario where a lot of mortgages went bad, there's a lot of investing opportunities to gobble up some of those assets. And I participated in that, and it, and it worked out well for me. Uh, so basically note buying? Yeah, note buying, yeah. Got it. Okay, I just never heard of the term charged off mortgages before. That's interesting. Well, a lot of you know banks have sold off notes that weren't necessarily dead yet. They just wanted, for whatever you know internal reasons they had, they charged off non-performing, you know, uh, or they sold off non-performing, you know, during foreclosure process. There's all sorts of steps that where they made, you know, selling decisions. You know, that strategy I alluded to a few minutes ago was basically, you know, the last step when they basically said, this is, we're out, you know, we've charged up, we've written off this mortgage, let's see whatever we can get for this, for this paper, for this, for this instrument. Stephen, based on your experience, what is your best real estate investing advice ever? That's a great question. And I really, I think it really boils down to doing your own homework, doing your own underwriting. Uh, there's a lot of experience out there from an underwriting perspective, but I think when you can really dig down into the numbers and the macroeconomics surrounding an area and, and, and the sponsors and the tenants or whatever the real estate asset may be. It's really just doing your own homework. Uh, nobody um, is likely um, more careful and due diligence when you're investing your own capital than yourself. So that's my best advice is rely on others and experience and so forth, but always review everything on your own. And uh, that's always worked out for me. And and I've made mistakes in the past where I didn't do that, and I certainly will never do that again. Let's talk about how you underwrite properties, and I know it depends on the type of asset class and the type of property that you know kind of dictates how you underwrite it specifically. But what's your approach, say, for a multifamily project? How do you just first approach the underwriting process? Well, the first thing we look at and I look at as a team here is you know, who has skin in the game? So we like to know that the sponsor or the acquiring entity that's making, let's assume it's an acquisition that's making that acquisition, has something to lose. And that's kind of a fundamental core value that we apply here at Acquire as well as myself personally. You know, if it's good enough for, for me, is it good enough for you, right? So when I, we've all seen deals and heard of deals in the past where 
um, they've been presented to us. And, and I think it's a, it's a, whether the, the, the presenting person or group is, is right or wrong, if they have skin in the game, you know, they're likely everybody's interests are aligned. So that's one of the first things we always look at. And then once we feel comfortable that they're investing in their own capital, whether they're a big or small company, everybody's looking to make a return and nobody wants to lose money. That's kind of what our initial threshold is. And then, of course, you know, there's a whole underwriting process, and depending on which asset class, whether it is multifamily, your example, or others, we look at micro and macroeconomic uh, detail, what's going on in the area, the property itself, the leasehold and, and rental opportunities, any upgrades that can maybe improve the property or at least performance of the property, um, what's going around from an interest rate perspective, really just a lot of different factors. We have a chief underwriting officer, uh, Josh Klimkowitz, is in our firm. He's extremely experienced. He's worked at C.B. Richard Ellis for many years. Um, he's underwritten billions of dollars worth of transactions. He has extensive experience and knowledge on the industry and all different asset classes. We have software and tools internally that we utilize to find the best results we kind of battle test those underwriting decisions at the end. What if this happens? What if that happens? And then ultimately we have an investment committee that will vote on the aspect, and vote on the opportunity rather. So if it's a tie, the, the investment doesn't happen. We have a six-person um, investment committee that's made up of experienced real estate and compliance personnel and then present all of the upside and downside opportunities, what can go right, what can go wrong, and then we make a risk-adjusted decision on whether we're interested in making that investment. Now, again, we're making our, every deal that we do, we're investing our own capital in. So we look at every investment as we should, as every other real estate company, whether they're a competitor of ours or other, should always look at it, even if they're using other people's money, that this is my investment, this is my money. And, and we just happen to do it that way. So if the investment committee approves the, the opportunity, we make the investment. And then we offer that to our crowd investors to see if there's an interest. And if there's not, um, then we're prepared to own the whole investment. So I think that really kind of summarizes the skin in the game. And um, if it's good enough for me, it's good enough for you theory. You know, it's kind of on a basic, generic layman's perspective that one would think that if we're comfortable owning the whole thing, that we like it enough, that it's worthy to take a look at. And to my earlier point, we encourage all of our investors to do their own homework look at all the information that we provide, all the information that's provided to us from the sponsor, from the acquirer in this example, and make their own investing decisions and diversify their own real estate holdings on their own. But we hope that at the end of the day, they take comfort in the fact that we're investing in our own capital and we did our own homework and we felt it worthy of, of an investment. So from an overall investing strategy, we think that's the best way to apply um, our criteria to any opportunity. What type of return do you all look for? We look for income. So income is our protection of assets is first, and then income is second. So we look at preservation of capital. We look at consistent, predictable returns. Our returns are probably not as high as others, but we're, again, looking on a more institutional level of, you know, 7 to 9 to 10% type returns um, that are predictable and hopefully have upside for an enhancement of the property, leasehold, et cetera. So there's potential upside um, in, the, in the long term or, and or the short term, but fundamentally have a core asset that they feel confident they can, they can expect those returns on a quarterly basis, broken down into a quarterly basis. Those are annual returns I presented. And you present, after doing all this due diligence and having the committee vote, at that point, 
you all are investing in it. Then you share the opportunity with all the information with the investors, and then they take that information and then they determine if they want to invest or not. If they don't invest, then you are prepared to do the entire investment yourself. That's correct. So we look at it ourselves. So we make our investments. We like try to pretend it's sort of a retail store. And we make our investments, and then we, we fill our shelves with those investments. And they're not a, this is not a very – we're a very limited group. We don't do a lot of deals. We're not a high-transaction, high-volume business. So when we have our investors, and it's free to register at acquirerealestate.com, and they can then see the deals that we've invested in, and they may find something interested. They may not. I would argue, and I think most people would agree, that diversification in, in any investment portfolio is, is extremely important. So if one had $100,000 to invest or a million dollars to invest and they liked four or eight of our properties, they should certainly break that up. Some might have higher returns expected and some might have lower returns, but as a blended average return and diversifying all of those assets, they can certainly feel more comfortable um, to make those investments. So in that previous question, hypothetically, we took a million-dollar investment in a property and Let's assume $400,000 worth of interest comes in. We'll, we'll certainly keep the 600000 happily because we, we plan on making money with that investment. If the property is oversubscribed, um, we'll still keep a piece of that investment. We always want to maintain something for ourselves. Um, it accomplishes two things. One, it's a, it's a great investment for our own money. And two, it keeps everybody's interest aligned. So our investors know that we're not just listing deals that couldn't get funded elsewhere. We're not just listing deals... For, for fees, for brokerage fees, and things of that nature, uh, we're an investing firm first. So I think that's a strategy that will, will never change at our company, and I think it gives comfort to our investors. And the, and, and the extreme example, which is unlikely that nobody was interested in that investment, then we're prepared to own the whole million dollars ourselves. And do you have an example that you can share with us the actual maybe PDF of an investment opportunity that you've sent out? Sure, but we have a compliance where we are under operating under 506B where we cannot share information to non-accredited people after we've gotten to know them for a particular time period. So we're very careful just giving out information. We have samples and previous deals that I'd be happy to send over to you so you can see the types of investment that we've made in the past. But any potential deal that's being either underwritten now and or listed now we can't share that with the general public, but we're happy to we're happy to show previous deals. Absolutely. Yeah, if you can send me a previous deal and best ever listeners, I'll make sure we have a link to that in the show notes. Just go to joefairless.com forward slash show and then look up this episode and you'll be able to download a copy of that. That'd be my pleasure. And we appreciate you sharing that information. Steven, are you ready for the best ever lightning round? I sure am. All right. First, a quick word from speaking of crowdfunding. Our best ever sponsor, Patch of Land. Crowdfunding. You've heard about it, and now it's time to learn about it. Our best ever sponsor, Patch of Land, is a leading expert in the crowdfunding space, and they've got all the answers to your crowdfunding questions. Go to patchofland.com forward slash best ever and grab your copy of the top 10 answers to the top 10 crowdfunding questions. That's P-A-T-C-H-O-F-L-E-N-D dot com forward slash best ever. Do you want to build monthly real estate cash flow without the typical headaches? Discover my grain-free real estate investing today at thelandgeek.com forward slash best. No renters or tenants, no rodents or termites, no renovations or toilet repairs. Start learning at thelandgeek.com forward slash best. All right, Stephen, best ever book you've read. I recently read a book called 10% Happier by Dan Harris. And I found it interesting because it's really a lot about reducing stress and living in the moment, kind of that self. I don't really typically read self-help books, 
but it was recommended to me by a colleague and I found it extremely interesting. Best ever personal growth experience and what you learned from it. I had previously had a technology business that I had licensed some software to a very, very large billion dollar company. And, uh, and ultimately, they didn't do anything with that software, and, and, the, and the business actually failed. And I learned a lot from that. Um, I'm not sure I made the wrong decision at the time, but there were certainly a few things I would have done differently. And I, you know, certainly I've learned a lot through failure in my career. Um, I've always been under the mindset, you know, if you don't try, you know, you can't win. So I don't, I don't regret making these investments and decisions that, that I, I didn't work out, but I certainly learned a lot from those. Best ever success habit you practice. I try to have weekly meetings with my colleagues, whether it's either online or in face or over the phone. I just try to always kind of uh, get an overview on what they're working on and try to ma- not micromanage, but really from a high level see what each individual group or manager or colleague is working on so I can plan for the entire business and uh, keeping it going in the right direction. Best ever deal you've done? I think we talked earlier about those charged off mortgages. I think I had some pretty good timing. It was probably pretty lucky also buying those mortgages that were you know, defaulted and really getting them at, at, at pennies on the dollar when those assets were still viable and the banks really were in a crazy mode to just liquidate assets and figure out what's next. It, it left a lot of opportunity for investors like me to gobble up. So that was my best deal ever. Best of a project you're most excited about right now? Absolutely, unequivocally acquire real estate. It's my new company and I'm very proud of it. I'm very passionate about what we're doing. Uh, we have competitors, and I think there's some competitors out there that have terrific opportunity as well. But without a doubt, this is the future of, of real estate investing. Uh, we haven't really recreated the wheel, but we've modernized the entire system that's made it transparent, user-friendly, and more importantly, provided access to sponsors, investors that has never been there before. For people to find each other in different regions and get access and be able to diversify their interests, it's groundbreaking. We're very excited about it. Best ever way you like to give back? I do a lot of charity work. I've recently got involved with a group called Family Promise, which we host homeless families and we provide food and counseling and other things. It's a national organization, but my group that I'm involved with is local. And I found it extremely empowering and I feel like it's just a terrific thing to do. A lot of the criteria for these homeless people, they have to be outside looking for work. It's really just you know great people that just kind of got down and out for one reason or another. And I find it very, uh, it's just a terrific organization. Best ever quote. This is a quote that I actually live by pretty much my whole life. It goes, uh, I've never quit. I've just run out of time. It's something I feel that is kind of part of my character. I've failed certainly enough times in my life, but I've always, I've always fought until I've always felt that if there's always enough time, I'll always find out a way to come out ahead and succeed. And nice little segue into what's the biggest mistake you've made in real estate? Uh, well, I relied on some underwriting from another group that I thought was as good as they should have been, and uh, this was back in my uh, asset-based lending days, and I, I had invested or, or provided a loan to a group um, in, in Kentucky, and it just, it just didn't work out. The information wasn't what was presented. And although I did all of my homework, I relied on some other third-party information that was provided to me that wasn't as accurate as it should have been, and ultimately the deal didn't work out at all, and... Uh, and I won't make make that mistake again. How do you protect against that? It's really, I mean, it's just a matter of, you know, really just doing everything on your own within reason. So every, all the information that's provided to you is, is verification of all the information. Site visits are always helpful. And trying to do business with people 
and sponsors or in any aspect of business that have come through referrals and through experience. So when you've worked with a group that's been around for a while that has uh, always done the right thing, have, a, have high character and high uh, operating standards, you know, those are the groups I'll, I'll, do invest, I'll, I'll invest with and work with. That's why Acquire is really not a high transaction business. We're keeping it to a limitation and a limited group of, of sponsors that we know have been around and will be around going forward and um, you know, employ the, the same policies that we do. Is, you know, working with good people is something that I'll, I'll never not do again. What's the best ever place to reach you? Well, I'm fanatic about my mobile phone is always at my side 24 hours a day. So certainly email and texting is, is something that probably I reply too quickly. But, um, you know, the best way to reach me is at my email, which is steven at acquirerealestate.com, S-T-E-V-E-N. And I typically answer anybody within an hour or two. Steven, thank you so much for being on the show and sharing your best ever advice with the best ever listeners and talking about how you underwrite projects, how your team looks at opportunities, talking about acquire real estate and the exciting stuff you have going on there in a brand new space, crowdfunding, or as you call it, crowd investing. And one of the takeaways I got from this is your absolute certainty that investing with experience is number one, that and people who come through with referrals and not only investing with experience, but how you make it mandatory that they've got to have something to lose as well. There has to be alignment of interest. As you said, if it's good enough for me, then it's good enough for you. Just a very basic philosophy, but a philosophy that makes a whole lot of sense, especially whenever, as you said, it's alignment of interest and we're all pulling for the same thing. We all have the same things to lose or gain. And then, you know, talking about the different types of returns and how you approach number one is a protection of assets. So first you have to, as every successful investor will say, you've got to mitigate the risk as much as possible. And I know Mr. Wonderful on Shark Tank talks about how he wants to eliminate the risk as quickly as possible. That's why he loves his the deals that he structures where he gets a cost per every item sold. And then also consistent, predictable returns. Looking at the income, you invest in the income aspect of things and continually looking for projects that are uh, working with experienced investors and also they have something to lose and it provides a protection of assets and predictable consistent returns. I think anybody, any best ever listener thinking about investing in an opportunity, that's what we have to keep in mind. And any best ever listener looking to raise money, that's what the best of the best are looking for. They're looking for an alignment of interest and first and foremost, protecting against the risk. And then secondly, uh, looking for the predictable returns. I think that's pretty consistent, at least from my experience as well. So Stephen, thank you so much for being on the show, sharing your advice. And is there anything you'd like to mention it before we sign off? No, I, I, again, I appreciate your time. Thank you so much for allowing us to participate. I would encourage anyone who thought it was interesting to register for free at acquirerealestate.com. And uh, we look forward to uh, you know following you. And we appreciate everything you've done for us today. Thank you. Sounds good. Thanks a lot, Stephen. And by the way, best ever listeners, you can go to the show notes and I'll have that link that Stephen provides me with and we'll get you that document from a sample deal that he's done in the past. All right. Thanks a lot, Stephen. Thank you. Hey, you best ever listener. Do you want more? Then go to joefairless.com where you'll get tons of free videos, templates and content to help you get deals done. 
And remember to subscribe to the best ever show in iTunes so you can keep getting your daily dose of the best real estate investing advice ever. 